Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome into the playoff edition of For the Throne Dynasty podcast. You are joined by two teams that have made the playoffs, one of which snuck in this past week, one of which clapped Randy by 65. How's it feel to be in the playoffs? You were watching uh, Hallmark movies instead of the playoffs, or the uh, Monday night game, it sounded like. Yep, I did not want to watch the Tuesday night game because I knew it was going to be too much stress. And I'm thankful that I didn't because it came damn close at the end there. Um, and Zeke runs it in at the baseball playoffs. Um, so I, I felt better about not seeing it. And just watching the points get really, really close and then making it. It was, it, it was a great feeling. I didn't think I had a chance. Did you see Spaceballs also say that um, the stack correct brought him within one point? Yeah, right now, um, because I was working on uh, the document for our last um, episode of the year, uh, that is, oh, that is the second closest matchup. Um in the our DUID or sorry not not DUID Shut I was just talking about for the throne um, league this year that was the second closest score uh, the closest was Will when he beat Ryan by by point one in week six <laughs> that could have affected the playoffs too because Ryan would be in the playoffs there as well yep. all right so let's start by talking a little bit about the gulag. I'm the Lord of the Vale. When I grow up, I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me. Or you. When we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh! Right through the moon door. So looking at the Gulag this week, we had two eliminations. We had Sneaky Siggy, who was the number two team out of eight coming into the week. And then Hammerhead Clark, who was number seven coming into the week. Who are these guys? So, Hammerhead Clark is one of Sturk's buddies, and Sneaky Siggy is Ryan's cousin. Okay. So, Ryan was super hyped because he had his old roommate, his cousin. He was more more hyped about that than his own team, but he was more hyped about, or he was hyped about his cousin, his friend from back home, and his former roommate were all in the top eight. Impressive. So we're down to six now. Uh, we have Drewster, D. Tarpy, Kayla, Jay Boaster, uh, C. Monday, and who is the sixth? I don't know. I thought oh. that was sick. Yeah, sure. 
Maybe I can't add. <laughs> Anyways, so we're down to six. Um, see, Monday had a huge night last week, or last night from the Rams' defense. He got 20 points out of them. So that's a good start for him, looking to make his way into the final four. Let's take Damn. a look at some of those waivers. So Drewster, as we kind of talked about last week, him and Kay Schneider have are the only ones with money left out of six. Uh, and Drewster still has a couple hundred. I don't know what he's at now, um, but he can no, help he's, it. he's under 100. Is he at like 70? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> you were the one that made Yeah, I don't have it up. So, 85. Okay, $85. And what does Kay Schneider have? 17 or something? 15. Everybody right. else got to go. So... He can outbid literally everybody. Anybody that he wants, he has the ability to get. So he started off, he got $28 on Derrick Henry. Why did he bet 28 Why is that the magic number? It's because Kayla Schneider had 27 going into the week. Kamara Drewster also got for $28. Kay Schneider again. David Johnson, $12. Yikes, he just got ruled out. So there goes 12 her bucks for nothing. Jason Sanders, $4 bid to Drewster, the kicker. And then we had a couple $0 bids, including Michael Thomas, Todd Gurley, Justin Herbert, A.J. Brown, J.D. McKissick, DeAndre Swift. So you're going to see a lot more of that. In addition to Drewster being basically him and K. Schneider, the only ones with money, um, basically if you're the top team and you bid $0, you automatically get them via tiebreaker because you have the most points. It's crazy that there's this many teams with zero dollars. Like I still remember when I was in the championship game with Billy, um, we still had like a dollar or two left, I think, a couple mm. years ago. It's crazy that so many people have zero left. So scoring over the course of the season is clearly important. Like I was talking to C Monday and he's like, You know what? It really, really sucks that I have no money because he's the lowest ranked seed team and he's got zero dollars. So any other team that bids zero on someone he wants, he can't get. Damn. So that's obviously why it's important. I'll say I know you were a little hesitant on the 32 teams. I have fallen much more in love and have gotten much more obsessed with this league with it being 32. I feel like it's just nuts to watch how it all plays out. Yeah, it's been fun uh, to watch. I'm sad that I got out early, but with my brother, with uh, my fiance, and with other people that I knew in it, it's been fun. And then now talking about it every week on the pod. Yeah. Do you remember what place you took? I was like 20th or something like that. Yeah, you should be able to outplay that. Yeah, I just got a bad week, but it, that was, this is fun. Fun. Have you learned anything from from the 32 teams for Gulag? You can really fuck some teams over by not having QBs, kickers, defenses. And then sometimes it doesn't matter because <laughs> Brewster didn't have them and he still made it this far. Yeah. So <laughs> it's all unpredictable. If you get an injury or a benching or something at the wrong time, you're done. I think a lot of people are going to like. So I've already made the change. I was going to put it to a vote, but I just figured it was like everybody's so in love with this league that plays it. 
I don't think they're gonna have a problem with it. It's more so just also about the the piece of the competitive piece. But I've I'm now gonna be paying out top five rather than top three. I know originally we just had winner take all, I believe. Mm-hmm. With $640 in a pot, can't do all winner-take-all. I know a couple people have mentioned it. Um, I don't like that at all. Um, so I think top five is, is going to be nice because first with, place, you still walk home with $320. That's 50% of the pot. Mm-hmm. That's still like $640. Like when, once I saw that it was all winner-take-all this year, I'm like, or top three, geez, that was, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. So I think... With 32 teams, top five would make more sense. All right, let's talk about some cookies. Cookie! Let's take a look at this week. How did we do? Uh, we were in the middle of the pack this week. Um, we had about 341.5, which was our fifth highest um, scoring week. Uh, so just middle of the pack. Uh, our top was last week at 370.22, so we're about 29 short of that. I'll start with the quarterback of the week. It was Josh Allen, 38.1. Uh, he just completely lit it up for Stirk Dad. Stirk Dad. All right. Um, then for the running back spots, David Montgomery gets one for Will at 27.1 points. He was damn close to getting one last week, but he definitely gets one this week. And then Dalvin Cook, but for Randy with 23.9, I'm quite certain that he is now tied. Yep, he is with Alvin Kamara for the most cookies in our league. Wide receivers, we got your guy, 34.1, Devontae Adams. You're going to need a performance similar to that to stay along with Randy. Although he did have a pretty crucial injury. Julio Jones is now ruled out. And Cam Akers was off to a hot start. Uh, but Devonta Adams, hopefully he can have a good game for you this week. Actually, and I, I was wrong. Um, Cook, Kamara, and Devonta Adams, they all have fives. Hmm. The other wide receiver, Corey Covidry Davis, 35.2. Thank you, Will. I get the cookie for Corey Davis. <laughs> well, at the tight end spot, I'll take. So we have someone who set uh, with the fourth highest total ever by a tight end. Uh, Darren Waller had 45 versus the Jets for Sterk. That was insane. The Jets, yeah, they yes, they choked it out. But Darren Waller had the game of his life. 200 receiving yards, two touchdowns. He was all over the field. The other one is also a tight end. He's in the flex spot for this. He's your guy. And he, along with Devontae Adams, Dalvin Cook, and Alvin Kamara, all have five cookies this year. His name, Travis Kelsey, the newest 99 club on Madden, with 27. (laughs) And then we had Cole Beasley. The Beasles are heating up 28 for Ryan. Uh, Then we have the kicker that was – interestingly dropped i don't remember who dropped him but will picked him up harrison butker for 18 defensive line we have tj watt with 11 and a half to stirk yeah, uh stirk. and then andy had uh the benefit of having kirk cousins throw him a pick six joe schobert with 23 and a half what a performance 
Defensive back then, we have Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, with 15 for these lads. And then at the IDP the? flex... At the IDP flex spot, we have Jesse Bates for Ryan with 14 and a half. Long, uh, Tyron... long lost brother of Jeremy Bates. Yes, I, I put him in there. Uh, it was crazy that we had the second and third highest scorers were safeties. Usually that's a linebacker spot, but Jesse Bates gets the second cookie as a safety with 14 and a half for Ryan. I think I was talking about him <laughs> in the offseason because Sterk had him, and Sterk must have dropped them or something. But I think he's been off to a pretty solid end of the season. Yeah, he's had, he's up there as the, one of the top safeties uh, uh, in the NFL right now, and he's got two cookies in the <laughs> So looking at the player totals here, as Justin mentioned, we have quite a few with, with five. I just want to talk about the leaders at each of the positions. Mahomes is at the top for quarterback. Running back, it's a tie between Kamara and Cook. Wide receiver, we got Devontae Adams. Tight ends, we got Travis Kelsey. And then for kickers, Youngway Koo. Defensive line, Miles Garrett. Linebackers, Darius Leonard. And then defensive backs, Buda Baker is still there, but we haven't heard his name in quite some time. He got pretty close this week, too. He was probably about uh, he was the third highest safety uh, this week. So you mentioned this was the number five ranked week. Um, let's take a look at the team totals. At the top is Johnny Sins Never Quits, uh, now formerly called the Many Jobs of Johnny Sins with 18 and a half. Fresh Prince of Hilaire has really shown and exceeded expectations this year. He had his 18 team total. Outdoor furnishings and the Hearst locker are tied with 17. Then we have Team Amelia Clark fan with 16 and a half. Kyler's click has 15. If you look well at the, as, oh sorry. If you look at that real quick, the top six with cookies are the top are the playoff seeds. Yep. Maybe that's that makes sense. Yeah. Then it's Kyler's Click with 15 and Positive Vibes only 5 and 8 with 15. Uh, Lamar so, Friends is 14. What would you say? Although Will did, tie, Will did tie with me. So he was he did not make the playoffs, but he, he, he came close towards the end. Yeah. King Henry's Kingdom had 11. I think it's called like Lottery Pick Backflip now. Uh, was a 10. Mrs. Burrow has 8 and the Spaceballs, the FFT has 7. We're going to come right back. We're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about our draft lottery. We're going to talk about the NFL week. We're going to talk about our waivers. So the draft lottery, we had a pretty shocking event. So the six that were involved were Andy with six balls, Lefty had five, Andy also had four for Little Slads' pick, Will had three, Spaceballs had two, Ryan had one. So going in reverse order, the sixth pick went to Lefty. He had five balls, so he dropped from two all the way down to six. That kind of yep. sucks. Then we had Ryan move from six to five. 
we had Will stay at four. We had Andy with Little Slats stay at three. And then Andy at one dropped back to two. And Spaceballs the Lottery Balls wins the lottery at number one. What did you think when you saw those results? That was crazy. Um, I, I think I messaged right away about how Spaceballs lost by less than a point to make the playoffs and then finds a way to make win the lottery. Uh, it, it's great for his team. Uh, I think he is probably in a better spot than being in the playoffs, to be perfectly honest, to yeah. get a number overall pick. Originally, I thought that he needs a wide receiver, but it seems like when we looked into it, he probably is going to take a running back. What do you think? You'd think, yeah, um, because he's got Z, and he's got some question marks beyond that. Um, and his wide receivers, he's got a few that look pretty good. So I still think that uh, a young running back would be uh, his best spot there. And then you would assume with two or three, Andy's going to take a running back, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, to pair that with DeAndre Swift and Melvin Gordon, she'd be looking pretty good because I know you were talking about um, all the young receivers that she has. So in that range, look for guys like Travis Etienne and Chuba Hubbard. As of now, just depends on team fit, as we saw also. Because DeAndre Swift, we assume, would be the number one pick. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes to the Chiefs. He was the number one pick. So and then J.K. Dobbins even went before DeAndre Swift. Just because of we know that Lions have not succeeded at <laughs> getting good running backs since Barry Sanders. They really haven't. Um, I was pretty high on carry-on, and he really disappointed me. But, yeah, DeAndre's looking like the real deal. Um, but as of now, those two guys seem to, without too much research into it, they seem to be the top guys for sure. Now, I know there's really good players, really good tight end, like Kyle Pitts out of Florida. He's going to be coming out. Um, and Randy has consistently said he's like a tight end away from a perfect team. If Zach Ertz leaves the Eagles in the offseason, he'll be fine at tight end. He doesn't need one. I think you should be looking for Deese Lads, who has Carson Wentz, and he hates Carson Wentz, and Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. He could be in the realm of looking at a quarterback. Additionally, Randy, I know Randy has Russell Wilson, who I wouldn't say he's old by any means, but if you look at his backups, he has right now Cam Newton and Gardner Minshew and Jared Stidham. So, yeah, those aren't good backups. So I think you could be looking at him potentially taking a quarterback with your pick as well. Yeah, for um, to probably most likely be the spot for Trevor Lawrence. Um, I also think Justin Fields will be up there too because both of those guys are most likely going to be picking the quarterback towards the end of the first. At some point in the second, uh, they'll be gone. Yeah. Let's take a look at our waivers. We only had a couple. First, starting with me, I took Ty Johnson, $13 bid, way overpaid. Um, I thought he was going to be starting running back this week. Would it give me a flex option potentially? rather than just sticking with my bench that I have. So, additionally, Frank Gore's back. Um, that's not good. Yeah, he was on um, – I forgot I drafted him in the fourth round. He was Mr. Irrelevant in our original rookie draft. Um, and then I, he was on my taxi squad the entire year, and I dropped him going into the year. And then he finally has a good game on a different team. But I, I, 
at $13, you might think you overbid by a lot, but Little Slad still put in 11 It's just, I don't, I'm don't not sure if he's seeing the field for your team. Weird that Little Slad's put in an $11 bid, but he's not playing for anything. I mean, he, if, if he's a young running back, he sure. might be like, go get somebody for the future. Yeah. Devin Knox, a.k.a. Dawson Knox, went for $3 to Jake. Uh, we originally thought he'd be the starting tight end, but we forgot that Mark Andrews is Jake's tight end. Um, Dawson Knox, though, gives him a piece interesting at tight end. You used to have him on your taxi with Buffalo. He's the starter. Yeah, I mean, that's two straight guys. Uh, we were pickups from my taxi squad last year. I mean, I must have done something right draft-wise, but um, for my team, I guess I didn't fulfill the need I needed. Uh but Dawson Knox, I had him at the beginning of the year, too, and he didn't do anything. And he got COVID. He got hurt. I dropped him, and now he's becoming a, a good player again. And, I mean, Richard Rodgers is – now that all the tight ends in Philly are healthy, he's the third tight end. So he's not really fantasy rosterable right now. So it's a good pickup by Jake. And Danny went ahead and he picked up Adam Humphreys. Two bucks. You were confused by this one. You texted me right away. Yeah. Um I was very confused. He's a solid receiver. I mean, he has fantasy relevance. But Danny picked him up when he just got moved to the IR. He's not going to be able to play for at least three weeks. By that point, fantasy season's over. So I I was very, very confused. I mean, if you want to throw him on your IR right away, I mean, that's totally fine. I I think that's a solid move. I think Randy did that with um, Chandler Jones. Somebody dropped him and he picked him up immediately and he just chucked him on his IR and he's going to have him chill there. I mean, I traded for Devin Bush and put him on my IR right away. Um, but I don't think Adam Humphreys is worth picking up on waivers just to throw on your IR. I mean, that's my opinion. Moving to the NFL week 13. So the Patriots, Oh my God, move to six and six. They blow out the chargers who are now three and nine, 45 to zero. Lynch should probably be gone. I mean, I know we were talking before. The organization loves him, and it seems like they're probably going to keep him the rest of the season just not to fire him. But I know you think that he should be gone at the end of the year regardless. Yeah, I mean, if they love him that much, I mean, the coaching changes at this point of the season, he's only helping, as, as bad as it sounds, how terrible the coach we think. I mean, I think he is. He's a great guy might be a great leader of guys but as a coach tactically he's not there and if you want to get the best draft pick possible you might as well leave him in charge for the next few games and let them go further down the standings so they can get a really really good guy like a penny sewell or someone if they're still around um it makes sense that way but he should not be an nfl head coach next year i mean he can I, I, I 100% am on the train of like letting him come be a coordinator and assistant coach or something where you got to shine and maybe come back in a few years once you kind of learn from your mistakes. But he should not be an NFL head coach next year. I know you had a hypothetical as well, though. Yes. Um, regarding what? Uh, it was between... Oh, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you had to pick right now, would you pick to be the head coach of the Chargers who have Herbert? And a good offense, good defense, or solid defense, solid offense. Uh, would you take the Texans with Deshaun Watson, but no first-round pick? Or would you take the Jets with probably the number one overall pick? I 
the Chargers have enough of a solid offense, solid defense. They have their what looks like to be their quarterback um, franchise QB. They have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They have Derwin, if he can ever stay healthy, Joey Bosa, Kenneth Murray, like all these guys, like Chargers roster and with a top with top picks, that's a very, very good looking roster going into next year. Uh, if they could just get some kind of luck and better coaching down the stretch in like clutch situations, I think they're set up very, very nicely. So that's be my number one spot for sure. And then the other two I mean, you have some good positives and negatives towards it. The Jets always seem to be rebuilding. They always, they've seen for a while, they've kind of seen like a dumpster fire. Um, they're going to get Trevor Lawrence for sure. But with the giant media market and how much Adam Gase was chewed up and spit out, I mean, he's not a good coach, but still, he got chewed up and spit out pretty quickly. Um, and then Deshaun Watson is right now, I mean, Lawrence and Herbert definitely have a chance. But right now, he's an MVP level QB. So it's the best QB you're going to get of the three. But Bill O'Brien couldn't have done much worse to give them much of a, a future. Uh, they have no first-rounder. They have no second-rounder. Um, they have other draft picks um, later that were traded out of. They lost DeAndre Hopkins because they decided to need David Johnson on a terrible trade. Um, but still, you have Deshaun Watson. And that's why I think they're the number two spot, and then the Jets are just because they're the Jets, so they're three. Do you agree? Yeah, I would I would definitely say I'd go with the Chargers. Non-bias aside, just because of what you said. A lot of weapons. And their defense is good. It's just unfortunate that they continue to be unhealthy. Derwin back is going to be big uh, next year. Bosa's coming into his own after that massive contract. It sucks, though, because you're in the AFC West, and the Raiders are solid. The Chiefs are good. Broncos are pretty much a dumpster fire. No offense, Joe. <laughs> Other offense, uh, they have all the weapons. Beyond that, no. <laughs> Second game, the Saints beat the Falcons twenty-one to sixteen. Saints moved ten and two. Falcons four and eight. Taysom Hill thoughts. For a while, he's been a great athlete, and you didn't really know if you could play the position of quarterback. This was by far his best game as a pro. He had his first career touchdown passes, which is insane to say. Um, he was running all over the Falcons' defense. Granted, the Falcons' defense has been historically bad, and it's it's up there for one of the worst uh, defensive seasons ever. Um, but he really played his ass off and played like he could be the starting QB going ne- forward next year because Drew Brees is ancient. Um I was very, very impressed. It actually gave me a slight pause thinking whether maybe I should start Taysom or Kyler Murray this year, but I got to stick with Kyler because he's the one that got me here. Um, But, yeah, Taysom really, really impressed me. Lions defeat the Bears 34-30. I haven't seen the video yet, but I know that Elshon Jeffrey – or not Elshon Jeffrey, uh, Allen Robinson supposedly, inexcusably did not get a first down. Is that correct? Yeah, so the Bears had about less than a minute left. I don't know the exact details, but it was third and four, uh, and they were at like the 25, 24-yard line, something like that. And they threw an out route to Adam Rob- Allen Robinson, who had a cornerback near him, and he, it looked like he was trying to avoid getting a big hit. He got out of part of a tackle, but he went out of bounds, and he was a yard short, and he easily could have gotten that extra yard. It was very, very confusing, and immediately – 
like, and it's, uh, Scott Hansen in red zone is just like, what, what is Allen Robinson doing? It looked like he needed to get that extra yard. Flash forward the next play, the Bears don't get the first down, game's over, Lions win. And this is also coming off the fact that the Bears blew a 10-point lead with less than 10 minutes left based off of a horrendous Mitchell Trubisky fumble. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like it was an immediate red zone possession. There was five minutes left in the game. And Mitchell Trubisky held on to it for almost five seconds, got strip sacked, and the Lions had an immediate red zone possession with less than four minutes left in the game to win it. It was so crazy. Both of them now are five and seven. And Trubisky will probably be gone. And will Nagy be gone or no? I I don't want him to be, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Bears started off in a five game, five and zero, or five and one, two, yeah. and now they're five and seven. so. Yikes! Never would have thought that the Lions and Bears would be in the same record at this point of the year. Browns defeat the Titans, forty-one to thirty-five. The Browns were cooking. Baker Mayfield, man, was he crazy? He had four touchdowns in the first half, but then after that, they only scored three points in the second half. They didn't just score much because they were up thirty-eight to seven at halftime. But, man, holy crap, they look great. Nick Chubb even still had 18 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. We talked about Corey Davis. He had 11 catches, 182 yards, and a touchdown. Thoughts on this game? Are the Browns legit? Yeah. Uh, seat covers had his, the best game of his career, for sure. Uh, Jake just can't get it right between which QB to start, it seems like. So, he uh, didn't start the- Baker, and, and Derek Carr still had, like, 35 points. So, it uh, was that's- yeah, okay. it's crazy. So this, this week he got away with it. I mean, it was almost like me with Kyler and Dak at the beginning of the year. Hmm. Um, this week he had the embarrassment of riches at the quarterback position. Um, but Baker had just uh, – the Brown offense coordinator, the best game of his life. <laughs> like, the the one-man route when the crazy double moves down on Peoples Jones, 75-yard touchdown – they um, had a touchdown pass to a offensive tackle, I believe. Yep. Uh, it, it was just insane. They had everything they could call worked. Apparently, the Titans' defense is not great. But then they almost blew it in the second half because Tannehill went off, and the Browns' defense made it interesting. Uh, Titans, their defense makes them frauds, I believe. <laughs> offense is incredible. The Browns are legit. The Browns are going to be a playoff team, and that's crazy. The year of 2020, the Browns making the playoffs. Yep. Dolphins beat the Bengals 19 to seven. They moved to eight and four. Bengals are two nine and one. There was a pretty wild brawl. There's actually two kind of fights. The first one resulted in Xavier Howard and Tyler Boyd getting ejected because they were throwing they were throwing punches. Then this massive brawl broke out because this dude. <coughs> I kid you not, his name is Mike Thomas, not Michael Thomas. Two times, literally back-to-back possessions, the Dolphins call a fair catch, and he straight up spears the guy. Second time, uh, a fight broke up. Brian Flores sprinted across, was going after this guy. Uh, Brian Flores probably would beat the shit out of this Mike Thomas dude. (laughs) Yeah, he looked like he could. (laughs) And then a bunch of people were ejected from that. Devontae Parker, um, I, that he was the big name, uh, Mac Hollins, uh, and there was a couple of Bengals as well. That was nuts. Like all the teams, they, they, 
they had like 15 minutes where they were just trying to get they were trying to figure out all the penalties and who was ejected and who was going where. There's a fan ejected too. I didn't yeah. see that. <laughs> yes, his dolphin fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were yeah, like you said, they were literally all the refs were sitting there with a notepad writing down while watching the video who should be ejected. <laughs> I'm amazed that no one is actually suspended for the following game because there were punches thrown, there was shit talked, uh, people were left the bench. People, coaches were running at coaches. Coaches were running at players. Players were running at coaches. It was madness. Um, and thankfully, no one got um, suspended, especially because a couple of those names are big names going forward for next week, fantasy-wise. Um, and even for the Dolphins uh, matchup they're coming into this week. But uh, Tua looked all right. Gaskin looked great. And the Bengals are just kind of playing out the string. Now... Mike Thomas, the point that I don't understand is he wasn't even injected. Like, what? He's the one that instigated both of them from dirty I know that. That that does not make any sense whatsoever. Jaguars-Vikings. Vikings Vikings went in overtime. They are hot. They are sizzling. Kirk is on fire. Vikings went 27-24. It was really interesting, especially in the red zone, probably the witching hour for you, because the Jags and the Jets – Potentially both could have won the game, which would have been weird because it was. I think we were. Someone was talking about like, oh my gosh, do the Jags know the Jets are about to win? They need to lose, and now they're in the driver's seat. And Jags lose, Jets lose. (laughs) (laughs) Dan Kelly sucks. Going right down to the wire for both both of these matchups at the same time in red zone. Scott Hansen was losing his mind, and it was it was really cool. It's probably one hundred percent the best witching hour of the year so far. Just with some madness that happened. Um, uh, I thought it was crazy that Mike Glennon let a, a scoring drive to allow the Jaguars to have a chance to win the game. Um, I mean, at the same time, you know that the players aren't going to try to lose a game because they, they're playing for their job, their pride. They don't want to lose. But this game was crazy. Dan Bailey had a chance to win it at the end of the game, misses the field goal. They go down all the way, and the Vikings just keep – down well first Mike Lennon threw a pick and then they slowly march down the field and they wait until they get like inside like the five yard line before they kick the field goal to make sure that they could be Dan Bailey proof which was funny (laughs) Raiders Jets Raiders inexcusably win a game against the Jets because of the old school Dr. Heat cover zero Greg Williams love... is the biggest piece of shit in coaching. So I didn't even know this piece, and you'll hear about it. I know you're mid-PMT right now, but uh, supposedly Greg Williams and Adam Gaze hate each other. Supposedly they had like a coach meeting or something earlier in the year, and a lot of people are like saying that he did the cover zero because he thought it would end up continuing to give Adam Gaze <clears throat> a winless season. I didn't know they hated each other, but um, I did hear this and pardon my take on Monday, I believe. Um, yeah, Greg Williams, he literally tries to create problems between the coaching staffs. Um, he was on the Browns roster and they were own 16 when he was trying to stir shit up then. Um, he's the reason behind Bounty Gate for the Saints. He, His exact quote was, kill the heads of the body will die. 
Um, then he claimed to have a, 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 a over 10 coaching jobs, head coaching jobs <laughs> available to him uh, going into last year before he became the Jets coordinator because he was trying to inflate his stats. So immediately as he was fired, PFT was just like, well, I guess he's going to have multiple coaching jo- head coaching jobs coming for him this year. That guy should be out of football. He's terrible. Yeah. You don't blitz with the game on the line. They the Raiders almost got a two plays in a row. There was a penalty that saved him that pl- the play beforehand when Aguilar was even more wide open than the than uh, uh, Rugs. Rugs who actually caught it. <clears throat> I don't understand him at all. The Jets locker room was crushed. I mean, the only thing the Raiders had going for him was Darren Waller at the game of his life. Yeah, two hundred yards on thirteen catches and two touchdowns. Man. Um, also, you know it's a bad call when Booger McFarlane gets heated on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mr. Obvious. If Mr. Obvious is against you, that means you've done something really, really bad. Colts-Texans. Colts win 26-20. Deshaun Watson fumbled, I believe, at the end of the game. Uh, to give the Colts a win, eight and four. Texans are four and eight. They don't have a pick. Gross. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has looked pretty solid the last couple games. Well, it helped that on his touchdown run, the Texans decided not to guard him. Um, they're, they're, he caught a forty-yard touchdown pass, and the nearest Texans defender when he caught it was twenty yards away. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> uh, beyond that, like he he looked pretty good running the ball as well. But uh, it actually wasn't Deshaun Watson's problem there. Um, the, te- the Texans drove down the field. He was throwing the ball beyond Brandon Cooks. He was throwing the ball to like Kiki QT, who barely played this year. Chad Hansen, who I had no idea who the fuck he was. And he had over 100 yards. Um, Watson had a great drive. Brought him down the field against a good Colts defense. Only to have his center fuck up the snap. The center threw it, uh, snapped it. It it hit his. I think it either hit his leg or his ass, and it went a couple yards to the left of Watson, and he almost scooped it up, but he uh, he just couldn't grab it fast enough, and the Colts jumped on it, and the Colts win. Um, it's it was a crushing way to lose. Uh, I thought they were gonna play spoiler there and just completely fuck up the Colts' chances for a playoff spot. Rams Cardinals Rams win thirty eight twenty eight. Cardinals look like ass again. Cam Akers had 21 carries, um, and the Rams are now 8-4. and four. I mean, the, there was a game last night. We'll talk about it next week. But the Rams are 8-4, and four, and the Cardinals are now 6-6. Six and six. Rams are for real. Yes, they are. Um, they It was the beginning of the Cam Akers breakout performance. Uh, it seems like... Started with Malcolm Brown this year. Now, then it was Darrell Henderson or Daryl Henderson. Now it's Cam Akers' show. Um, it's why it's nice to have two of the three of them. So when you know which one's going to happen, it's uh, hopefully it's Cam Akers going forward, but we'll see. Um, but the Rams' defense really, really stepped up. I think ever since Kyler injured his shoulder in that Seahawks game, he's never been the same. And I don't know what the problem is. If he's just if he's if it's really like still hurting or if he's scared to get hit right now uh he just hasn't looked the same i love him he's been incredible for my fantasy team but uh i the rams are by far the better team and i think the cardinals just have a, a, the, the cardinals peaked a little early this year 
Giants beat the Seahawks. That was a shocker. And they are now 5-7. and seven. They look like probably the best team. I mean, like, it's them or the football team, and neither one of them have a solid. Alex Smith is historically okay, but they don't have a mm-hmm. solid quarterback right now, I guess. Uh, Giants win 17-12. to 12. They're 5-7. and seven. Seahawks are 8-4. and four. Wayne Gallman looked, like, really, really good again. Any thoughts on this game? It shocked me. Um, I definitely thought the Seahawks were going to have an issue. I know the Giants defense is good, but uh, they were very good. Um, they they really shut down the Seahawks offense. Russell Wilson didn't have that great of a game, which was also pretty shocking. Um, the Giants just did enough on offense to win because their defense bailed them out, like the old Chicago Bears method. Um, yeah, uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Colt McCoy looked serviceable. Daniel Jones looks like he's going to be the starter this week, but I honestly would keep McCoy in there because yeah. you, you serviceable play from a QB instead of guaranteed turnovers. I'd rather have serviceable play. <laughs> Eagles-Packers. Packers went 30-16. to Wentz got benched. Jalen Hurts is going to start this upcoming week. Eagles are now 3-8-1. and eight and one. Packers are 9-3. and three. What were your general thoughts on this game? The Packers looked really – well, the first quarter was just really slow. The Eagles scored two points. Nothing really happened. But then the Packers turned it on. Um, they looked really good. Rodgers was attacking up and down the field. Devontae the, – the play where he was in the back of the end zone and threw it 40 yards downfield and Devontae Adams caught it between double coverage was just – that was just insane. Um, Aaron Rodgers had 400 uh, – was like the fifth or sixth QB to have 400 touchdowns, uh, which is also a really cool thing to see. But they, they, they almost they tried to blow it at the end. I just didn't understand what they were doing trying to close the game out. Uh, it helped that the Eagles didn't have a defense or an offensive line because the Packers I think had seven sacks, which was yikes um, <laughs> for the Eagles. And I was also really shocked about that benching. What do you think about the Wentz Hurts situation going forward? I don't think there's any way you can go back to Wentz now. It sucks though because his contract is so big and it hasn't even kicked in yet. So he's pretty much they're fucked. I don't know. They shouldn't have drafted a quarterback in the second round anyways, unless they truly didn't believe. But it's like, okay, was there any red flags really in the last year? Like, I, I just don't get the move on that part. But now I feel like the fact that they benched him and literally named Hurts the starter, you can't, you can't go back to him. That's... I mean, like, I'd be pissed if I was in that situation. But also, he's been bad. It doesn't help that his line has been horrendous this year. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't also help that it's only because of injuries because they have some good players on that offensive line. Lane Johnson is an elite right tackle. I think he's played about three games combined because he's left so many with injuries, and then now he's just done. Jason Peters got hurt. All of their line got hurt um, at one point. They got like four new receivers, and at one point, all of them were hurt. Travis Fulgham came out of nowhere, and now they're um, not having him play over Alshon Jeffrey, who has one catch on the year. Wow. Um, <laughs> garbage. It's just the Eagles are a mess right now, and I think they're just waiting for next year when they can try to get fully healthy and give people a chance. I guess you might as well see what you have in Hurts. It doesn't fully makes sense though i guess i i don't know what to think about it the eagles are a mess as well as my only opinion 
It doesn't help that they're playing the Saints this week. Also, that will not be good. It kind of <laughs> sucks that they're going to Jalen Hurts his first start against a team that is looking incredible on defense, especially along with like being a really good team. Chiefs beat the Broncos twenty-two to sixteen. Chiefs are now eleven and one. Broncos are four and eight. I mean, the Chiefs clinched a playoff berth. That's nice. Uh, Tim Patrick randomly caught two touchdowns. Melvin Gordon ran for one hundred and thirty-one yards. 15 carries. Uh, any other thoughts? Did you watch this game? Yeah, I watched a good portion of it. Um, I think Broncos fans are getting a moral victory out of that because they they came pretty close. It looked honestly just like if the Broncos had a different QB, they have all these weapons. Like if they had a quarterback that was more competent than Locke, they would have they probably would have won that game. Uh, Locke just missed enough throws, even with Sutton being out. Like, they have all the weapons that they can to make a quarterback good. Their offensive line has been solid, and Locke just kept missing plays. Um, I think if Locke either improves or if they get an upgrade at the QB spot, their offense could be elite next year. Um, But this year, the Chiefs are a juggernaut, and it's going to be really tough to stop them. Next game, then, we have the football team defeats the undefeated Steelers. 23-17, my biggest takeaway, what the hell happened to Alex Smith's foot? (laughs) I don't know. That was 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 disgusting. It was disgusting, but it was funny because Abby and I were just, like, eating, but we just, like, kept staring at it. Like, we weren't even, like, grossed out. We just kept looking at it. And then I'm like, Abby, you don't like blood. She's just like, yeah, I know. As she's peering at the TV screen. It's like the bloody sock from Kurt Schilling. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that, was, that was crazy. I did not think the re- the football team had a chance there. Their defense is they, so uh, good. It is insane. They're, when they have four guys that were first-round picks on the defensive line, actually, I think there were five because Kerrigan, too. And they have five first-round picks on the D-line. They were all over the field. And it doesn't help that the Steelers, I think, dropped 10 passes I might be wrong on that. I might. I, I. It might actually be twenty. It seemed like they're dropping everything the Big Ben threw them. But Logan Thomas breakout game, chilling on my, uh, my bench too. That was that was fun. Are you starting him this week or Ebron? I haven't decided. Uh, it sucks that uh, Gibson got hurt though, because he is having a great rookie year. He was one of the top uh, rookie running backs for the year. Bills defeat the 49ers 34-24. Bills are now 9-3. 49ers are 5-7. It was a home game for the 49ers, but it really wasn't because it was in Arizona. That's where they're playing their home games now. Cole Beasley, he is unbelievable. He has been great all year. Additionally, Josh Allen, 80% passing completion, 375 and four touchdowns against the 49ers. Josh Allen made a couple a couple great throws that are just like holy shit. Now you he is an athletic marvel. If he can just consistently get that accuracy under control and not try to make like the the crazy Josh Allen play, he is going to be an MVP candidate. He is going to be a top quarterback for years to come if he can just kind of eliminate some of the mistakes and become just a tiny bit more accurate. But they set up the offense perfectly for him. 
Uh, it sucks. The Niners have so many injuries. I think Kyle Shanahan's a great coach, but he it's just he, he can't overcome that amount of injuries when they're going against a great team like the Bills. And then finally, we had the Ravens defeat the Cowboys 34-17. to They needed this one bad. No, wash, no watermelons were smashed in this matchup. Ravens win, and they are 7-5. and Cowboys are now 3-9. and Dalton looked bad. Gus Edwards had 7 carries for 100 yards. <laughs> that's more than a 10-yard average. That's, that's crazy. This is a game that I only watched highlights of when I was watching um, Netflix Christmas movies, so I didn't get um, stressed out about getting down to the wire. Um, I'm thankf- thankful that uh, Justin Tucker, the most accurate kicker in NFL history, missed a short field goal because um, that's that's the margin that allowed me to be in the playoffs. <laughs> um, and uh, in that late fourth quarter possession, I think Zeke had a chance to score, right? And then the Cowboys went to Cooper instead. Mm. Yeah. yeah did, yes. 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 Okay. So that was also probably the margin that I took for me to get in the playoffs over Ryan because if Cooper has a 6 yard touchdown I think I'm I think I made the playoffs by like 7 or 8 points over Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get that that's that's why I was not watching because I knew it was going to be very very close and I didn't get stressed out. And thankfully I didn't get too bad and made the playoffs, but uh that I didn't see much of the game. Was it a good game? Was it a bad game? Well, the Ravens looked solid. I was very my biggest takeaway or comment on it was I was I feel bad for Dez. I mean revenge game he had been hyping it up all week they literally on ESPN had like a 10 minute video and like segment on Dez returning to play against Dallas and then gets a positive test literally in in the pregame or inconclusive I should say and now he tested positive and then back-to-back days after that so Wednesday, Thursday, he tested negative. Like that sucks. Oh, yeah, that that really does suck. I didn't realize that he tested negative the last two days. That's that fucking sucks. That would have been really fun to watch that against the Cowboys. Yeah. So that was all. We had the Buccaneers and the Panthers on Week Thirteen bye. I know you like that. Yeah. Thank 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 the NFL for not knowing how to make a schedule. Uh, and really screwing some got people over for fantasy purposes with two really solid um, offenses for uh, fantasy production that are were sidelined last week. We're going to come right back. We're going to talk about week 13, and then we're going to preview our round one matchups in the playoffs. Expired. It doesn't matter. Get me the manager right now. What's going on? There's a woman out here to see you, Rowan. What's her name? My name is Karen. Karen. So we obviously had six matchups last week. I'm going to talk about three. Justin's going to talk about three. We'll start at the top. Um, I beat Randy 202.52 to 134.42. So I beat him by about 65 points. Oh, wait. I didn't beat him. I clapped him. So I go to eight and five. Randy also moves to eight and five, but he beat me in the points for category. If I look here by about 
60 points. So it wasn't even close. I would have had to score a lot more or he would have had to score way less. Uh, it started at the top. I outscored him at the quarterback by four. Mahomes with 21.32. Naheem Hines, 12.2. And Wayne Gallman with 13.5. Oh, wait. CEO, sandwich artist, and FBI agent. Thank you. <laughs> at the wideouts, we had Doctor with 21.5 and Pilot with 35.2. He was the wide receiver one on the week, the Pilot. At tight end, we had insurance agent with 27.6. And then in my flexes, I had football coach with 8 and gym teacher with 19.2. I even got a pretty solid game from taxi driver, the kicker. Uh, and then I mistakenly dropped him today. I was I literally almost screamed F while I was in class. Well, who did you mistakenly drop? Uh, Tyler Bass. But I picked him oh. up for Ryan's suck-up because... Uh, I saw the matchup, and it's them, the Vikings, um, and I just assumed he's going to score a lot of points because the Bucks should score a good amount of points. Anyways, Banker had 11.5 for me, and Farmer had 12.5 as well. On Randy's side, he had Russell Wilson with 17.02, Dalvin with 23.9, and Miles Sanders with 3.1. Julio had 15.4, and hopefully his swan song, and A.J. Brown with 10.7, Dallas Goddard 11.6, Nick Chubb 17.6, and then Demir Bird in the flex with 3.6. Uh, looking at his IDPs, no one stood out except for Eric Wilson. Don't know who that is. 8.5. He had 11 tackles. He's uh, the other Vikings middle linebacker starter, and then with Kendricks out, he was he got, all the, he got all the points. Yeah, that was weird, the Kendricks thing. Then we move on to the next matchup. We had lottery winning backflip. Doom, 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 doom. Bong. Against the Hearst Locker. Lottery winning backflip loses by 51 points. It moves to 5 and 8. Sterk 10 and 3. And Sterk vaulted Cascade Bear to go into the one spot. On lottery winning backflip side, we had Mega Millions. Oh, for a second, I thought it said MAGA Millions. Mega Millions, <laughs> 29.5. Badger, 5 with 3.1. Dog Gone Lucky with 9.7. Electric Cash, 10.6. Cash Eruption, 15.8. Tyrannosaurus Bucks with 12.2. <laughs> Millionaire with 21.6. And then Dash for Cash with 3.1. On uh, the Sturk Daddy side, we had the Buffalo Whisperer. With 38.1, Dobbin for TBs or TDs, uh, 13.1, Rumble Tumbling Champion with 20. <laughs> then we have the 2020 Fountain of Youth MVP with 9.8, Speedville Vidi Mayor with 14.8, Laser Blazer and Waller with 45. I love that everybody's using nicknames now because most of them I don't know what it means. <laughs> And then DJ Lone Tar with 10.4. What'd you say? Makes it very entertaining for sure. Then we also had Bet You Can't Gaze My Age with (laughs) 4.2. And then Matt Gay, 7. IDPs, he had What You Say to Me with 11.5. And then uh, everybody else was pretty irrelevant. So like I said, Sterk took the one. Third matchup, Cascade Bear versus... Or Outdoor Furnishings versus Lamar and Friends. 
Lamar and friends pulls off the upset thanks to Lamar Jackson with an eight-point victory for Prince Palmer, but it was not enough. However, consolation-wise, he did jump up one spot in the lottery, and Cascade is no longer the one seed. Speaking of Cascade Bear, we had Outdoor Fireplace, 37.7. We had Yard Signs with three. Giant Sombrero and Shades, 23.8. Disco Ball, 21.1. Mosquito, 15.8. Uh, Richard Rogers with a fat zero. Backyard Lights with 1.4. He went out injured. Tiki Torch with 13.6. And The Legend continues with 12. IDP's uh, Broken Chair Leg had 12.5. And then I Plant Trees at 6.5. On Prince Palmer's side, we had Lamar Jackson. Remember, we're not doing these nicknames anymore. With 29.68. Kamara had 17.7. And Devontae Booker with 6.1. Cole Beasley with 28. And T. Higgins with 10.6. Robert Tunyon with 13.9, Tyler Lockett 12.3, Kenyon Drake 13.8. IDP's Jesse Bates had 14.5 and, and a cookie. John Johnson had 8.5. And, and then Eric Kendricks, weirdly enough, he was doing the karaoke. They showed it on video, and he tweaked his hamstring, and he was ruled out in that game. Luckily for him, though, it didn't matter. Um, but it might have mattered, though, in the points four category. It definitely would have. Um, I think he he was a pretty solid looking um, IDP so far this year, and it, it really hurt him in that respects. So I uh, let you so talk about your matchups. Yeah. So uh, next we'll go with um, Andy and D Slads. Uh, D Slads needed to win, and get in the playoffs. Um, he did not, but he still made the playoffs. Um, Mrs. Burrow gets her third win of the year with a 127.6 to a 106.8 matchup over D-Slads. D-Slads continues to be disappointed in Carson Wentz, but thankfully the NFL knows how to work a schedule and he'll have Teddy Bridgewater at the quarterback spot this week. Um, So Carson Wentz only had 4.9 before getting benched. Um, Raheem Mostert at 5. The Prince had 0. That's what really screwed him. Um, He was ruled that he was going to be playing against the Broncos and didn't touch the ball. Yikes. Um, Jarvis Landry at 20.44, continuing another great performance. Stefan Diggs had 19.2. Anthony Ferkser had 10.2. Um, the Both of his flex spots were terrible. Uh, kicker had nothing. Uh, but thankfully, he got a cookie from Tyran Matthew with 15, the Honey Badger. Uh, Abella Dangers at 8, and Miles Jack at 9.5. For Mrs. Burrow, Colt McCoy was serviceable, like we talked about before, 11.4. Melvin Gordon at 15.2. I don't know, yikes, but Theoretic with 1.9. Justin Jefferson continues to impress, 27.3. He just missed out on a cookie. Uh, Two girls, one cup at 15.3. Trey Burton only at 2.1. Yikes. Taxi King at 5.8. Michael Pittman had 9.6. All of our IDPs were irrelevant beyond Joe Sherbridge showing out Joe the Show, uh, 23.5. So then we get to the two that uh, decided playoff matchups. So we had Positive Vibes Only fourth versus Spaceballs the FFT. If Spaceballs the FFT wins, he's in the playoffs. Baseball's the FFT loses to positive eyes only. Thank you. Thank you very much, Will Larson. 
Positive vibes only. Thank you. 158.76 to 158.14. That's the second closest matchup on the year. Um, the closest was when Will beat Ryan by point one earlier, which also would have set Ryan on the playoffs and Will uh, one less win. Will apparently has the clutch gene in fantasy football for this career uh, for this year, and I'm very thankful for it. So for space balls, uh, President Scrub at 19.44, Lone Star at 13 and a half, Chest Burster had 9.2, Dark Helmet had 13.5, SB the Flamethrower at 20.5. Prince Valium d- uh, did not perform well with 1.5. Eagle 5 at 14.9. The Space Special was in te- uh, cookie consideration with 25.6. Spaceballs, the kicker, had 9, and he missed for the first time uh, under 40 yards in years. Uh, and King Roland had 7. Actually, a pretty solid performance from the IDPs. Uh, for positive vibes only, now named fourth, um, just Bucks and Sixes Doppelganger did not play well at all. Well, only 4.36 points. Redbird at 22.8. Cyclone earned a cookie with 27.1. Decaf Metcalf at 13. Kind of back, but not really. Is fully back now at 19.5. Hawkeye had 15.4. Mintberry Crunch at 8. Miles Gaskin at 14.1. Uh, Harrison Butker at 18 with a cookie, and his IDPs did not play well, but it still allowed Will to get the victory, which lost Spaceball as a playoff spot. And then I came in and swooped in and took it. Uh, and I'll be in the matchup against Randy, which we'll talk about in just a second. I destroyed Little Slads 163.02 to 113.94. Um, if either of us would have made it, won this game. Um, we would have made that last playoff spot, I think. Uh, although a little slides is below Ryan. This was supposed to be really close. Um, thankfully, my team performed, and I'm, sadly for little slads, his team did not perform as to what Sleeper projected. Uh, little slads had Jared Goff go for 26.14. Get Out the Way had a dis- disappointing performance with 5.9. Baldy <laughs> had 10.8. Uh, Robert Woods at 18.5. Scary Terry. Wow. Uh, didn't play that well. 3.4. Hoop Dreams didn't get much with 4.4. Go Dogs only had 3. Uh, Juju had 9.8. Jason Sanders had 14. Cleo Mack got a big fat 0 for his IDPs, but thankfully Jalen Smith had 9.5 for him. For my squad, Head of the Click had 22.42. Jonathan Taylor, 22.5. Geo is I, I, a complete disappointment with 4.9. Best receiver in the league um, ties our cookie record with 34.1 with five cookies in the year. Devontae Parker had 7.5 and an ejection. Uh, Eric Ebron had 13.8. Amari Cooper had 16.3. Brandon Cooks had 12.5. Uh, my IDPs were all middle of the road, but it didn't matter because then I end up winning a playoff spot by seven points, which I know you'll talk about how that all worked out. Yeah, so if we take a look at the standings here before we get into the bracket, as I kind of mentioned, Cascade Bear, he was 10-3, and and so was Stirk Daddy. Stirk Daddy had Cascade Bear by over 300 points for. So as a result of that, Stirk gets the number one seed. After I beat Randy, we both were 8-5, and 
and then Randy outscored me, as I kind of said, by about 60. So he gets the three seed, and I get the four. And then we had four teams finish six and seven. D Slacky, yourself, Prince Palmer, Spaceballs. So let's take a look at the points for D Sladkey outscored you by 12. So with that in mind, he jumped you, he gets the five seed, and then he bases me. You end up six and seven, and you outscored Ryan by 10 points, which means you get in the playoffs. I didn't even, to be honest, I wasn't even tracking that on Tuesday night. So you end up jumping over Ryan in addition to your victory. Spaceballs, as we've talked about, lost to Will by about less than a point. I think it was 0.6 points. So as a result uh-huh. of that, Spaceballs jumps out because if he would have won, he would have been 7-6. and six. He would have been the 5 seed. And also, if he would have won, that would have dropped you out of the playoffs, which would have put D. Slacky in over you by 12 points. Will ends up very hot at the end of the season. Uh, he had 1,980 points. So even if he was 6-7, and seven, he would have bounced you out by one freaking point. Actually, <laughs> you know what? It would have been that. .3 points. Yeah. So be lucky that he didn't finish 6-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. Cascade Bear, I mean, uh, Little Slads, it was really uh, out to... It was depending on who would have won between you and him. It would have been interesting if he would have won to see how that would have kind of shaked out because he only finished six points behind you in the points four. Lefty, a little bit behind by about 200 points, and he was five and eight. Uh, Mrs. Burrow, she finishes three and ten. We were wondering if she was going to win a game, if it was going to be her or the Jets first, and she ends up winning three. So let's talk about round one of the playoffs. We'll start, first of all, with our 3-6 matchup. The three seed is Amelia Clark fan. The six seed is Kyler's Click. Right now, after one game being played, Sleeper is projecting a 14-point victory for Kyler's Click. But this also includes that Randy has a player out in the starting lineup. So let's talk about it. Right now you have Kyler Murray. You said you were locked in on Kyler over Taysom Hill. Is that official? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, like Matt Ryan right now, I've told you, Julio 11, think about it. (laughs) Julio 11 means if Julio Jones is out, you don't play Matt Ryan. It's just like Rule 81 um, because he is historically way worse without Julio on the field. I know they're playing Chargers. They're a vulnerable pass defense. But as you said, Kyler has a way bigger pass. Um, they've been good against the run, the Giants. But they've been middle of the pack against passing options. So Kyler Murray is probably the better option by far because of the ceiling and his ability to run the ball. Running back, you already started Cam Akers. And I know you said it earlier you were hesitant, but you knew that he was the option over Daryl Henderson. Boy, are you happy that you started him. He had 21.4 points. He had 29 carries, 171 yards. It was the best rushing performance by any rookie this year. Crazy. He also had two catches for uh, 23 yards. It That couldn't have gone any better. Um, I was hoping for 10 points, and I got 21.4. Uh, it made up the gap. Um, 
in the current sleeper projections, um, before Julio is ruled out, um, that it looks like um, I, I would have been within a few points before Julio being ruled out, and we'll see how that how that changes once Randy fixes his lineup. It was it was an awesome performance. I was very very happy. Jonathan Taylor, like I mentioned earlier, he's a very 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 appealing matchup. Uh, the Raiders' run defense is horrendous, so. There was no reason you weren't going to start him. He was your number two overall pick. Looking at the wide receivers, you got Devonta Adams against a very vulnerable Lions pass D. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great game for him. We can imagine. Uh, Devonte Parker, though, this one's a little bit interesting because he's playing against the Chiefs and Tua is the quarterback. I can guarantee you'd prefer that Ryan Fitzpatrick was quarterback because they're chemistry is much better how you feeling about the matchup with Tua at quarterback not as great but he still is the number one receiver in Miami um Chiefs defense has shown that they're vulnerable to if Drew Locke was an actual competent QB last week the Broncos probably would have won that game because they had all the talent at the wide receiver spots Devontae Parker is extremely talented so I'm, I'm hoping that that carries me um in this matchup are you locking him in Tight end, then you have Eric Ebron. He's playing against the Bills, who have been pretty average or mediocre against the tight end. I know you said you have Logan Thomas that you're considering for tight end. They're playing against San Francisco. Um, so it's going to be one of those two, right? Yeah. yeah that no, I'm 50 No Harrison Bryant. Now I have... No, no, he's <laughs> not. Um, I wish I still had him in my taxi. I shouldn't have, dropped, I shouldn't have moved him up. Um, but yeah, it's one of those two. I haven't decided on that one yet. Flexes, you got Amari Cooper going against the Bengals. That should be a great matchup for sure. And then you have Brandon Cooks, who right now is questionable, going against the Bears defense. Are you hesitant on that one? Not at all. Um, he, the Texans are running out of receivers. Like I said, they had Chad Hansen catching passes for them <laughs> last year, last week. As long as Brandon Cooks is uh, going to play. I'm starting him. That's a no question. Yeah, it just says here he's listed as questionable, but nothing else. So you're going to have yeah. to keep your eye on that one for sure. Mm-hmm. On Randy's side then for quarterback, I know you have your IDPs. You do have six points from Aaron Donald. He probably would have wanted a little more, but at least he got a sack. That was big. Well, he had two weeks where he was zero, and he's also the top defensive tackle in the league. So I'm just I'm, – I'm happy he got me a decent average. Yeah. Randy size. You got Russell Wilson against the Jets. That's got to scare you for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worst pass defense in the NFL. Um, he should get his. That's for sure. We just got to hope that Kyler Murray scores somewhere around that area that he does. Dalvin yep. Cook going against Tampa Bay. Their run defense has been tough. Their pass defense has not. So that hopefully... I know he catches a lot out of the backfield, so Nick Chubb is going against Baltimore on Monday night, uh, and Baltimore is pretty banged up, but they do have a really good run defense. We'll see what happens with Nick Chubb. Wideouts right now, he's got Mike Evans going against a really bad secondary with the Vikings. I know you were frustrated because he was ruled doubtful to questionable to now he's active, so like I have no clue how that happened. Footballers were talking about they were expecting Mike Evans to not be out there this week. That that was weird. Um, I didn't even know that was a, a thing until you texted me, and then you texted me back a couple hours later saying he was playing. 
AJ Brown going against Jaguars. Oh boy. Oh no. That's not good. Tight end. <laughs> we got Dallas Goddard going against the Saints. You have to hope. You have to hope that Jalen Hurts struggles because that'll affect Dallas Goddard. That will also ultimately affect Miles Sanders, who has not been efficient by any means going against a great Saints defense. A lot of redraft mm-hmm. leagues like Miles Sanders is literally benchable right now. Yep. He has been. I have him in one of them, and it's not been pretty. And then his second flex right now is Julio Jones. He's out. We would expect who to be his second flex right now. I I think AP uh, over Traquan Smith, uh, since Daniel Bird already played. Or, sorry, Demir Bird already played. Um, maybe it's Dalton Schultz where he starts a tight end. Um, those are the three guys that he could. And then his IDPs, he's got a strong group there with Joey Bosa, um, who has been not the best for scoring-wise. He did have a 15-point game, but outside of that, he's been pretty irrelevant. Darius Leonard, you know that he can pop off at any time. Jo- Jordan Poyer, he's probably good for around 8 to 10 points, so that's kind of scary. And then Deion Jones has been on a tear these last couple games. So his IDPs could definitely pick up some of the slack that his offensive players could make. So we'll see how that matchup actually ends up. Uh, The winner of this game ends up playing Cascade Bear next week. Then we move over to my matchup, and right now I am playing D-Slads, the many jobs of Johnny Sins versus Fresh Prince of Hilaire. I'm projected to win 17 points right now. Uh, we got an 8-5 and five versus 6-7 and seven matchup. Right now I got the CEO, Patrick Mahomes, at quarterback. I will be honest. I have gone back and forth, and I don't think I should be, but I've done it. I've gone back and forth between Mahomes and Tannehill. Tannehill's playing the Jags. That is beyond juicy, but at the end of the day, it's like, am I really going to bench Patrick Mahomes? Probably not. Yeah, uh, if it was anybody but Patrick Mahomes, it's, you, you think about it, but you don't bench Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> James Conner going against Buffalo right now. Uh, he is back from COVID. The Bills have a bad run defense. Oh, my gosh. It's so, so scary because hope, he's better than any of these other options that they've been having, that's for sure. Just need him to get me, like, 12 points minimum. Wayne Goldman. Been on a tear. He's going against Arizona's defense. Wide receivers right now, I got Adam Thielen against Tampa. I mentioned that they've been struggling in the past game. Corey Davis going against Jacksonville. Think about that. I could do the stack of Corey Davis and Tannehill, but I could also do the stack of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Speaking of Travis Kelsey, I have him right now on the tight end. My flexes at the moment are DeAndre Hopkins and Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is one I'm kind of teetering between. Uh, Him and James Conner are the ones I'm really, really struggling with right now. We'll see what I end up doing. Flexes, or the IDPs right now, once to take note of would be Blake Martinez, Harrison Smith, who's been solid, and Shaq Thompson, who just came off the COVID list. On d Slad side, we got Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Running backs, he's got Mike Davis, who is... Unfortunately, not Christian McCaffrey's name. Uh, And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's riding through the well with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, even though he gave him a goose last week. Jarvis Landry at wideout with Stephon Diggs. Tight end, he's got Noah Fant. And then flexes, he's got Robbie Anderson and Raheem Mostert. 
looking at that lineup, it's actually pretty solid. Uh, it's just going to be a matter if if you can keep up with me. He's very thankful that he got his three starting Panthers back for sure. Yep. So he's got some good EPs too. Yeah. Roquan uh, Smith. Roquan Smith killed me last time we played against each other. I was so pissed watching that game. I don't. I think they were playing like the Vikings or something like that. And literally every single tackle, I was getting so mad because he kept kept going, kept going, kept going, and he ended up winning the game. So that was tough. Miles Jack is really solid as well. Um, let's take a look. Has he been solid lately? Yes, he has been. So nine and a half, six points, four points, five, six point five. Been solid. Tyron Matthew. And then he's also got Cam Jordan. So we'll see how that matchup goes. Like I said, I'm projected to beat him by 17. That could change at any moment. Any last thoughts before we close out here? Um, I wish that the Constellation Championship meant some more. Um, for We're not going to go over those matchups. Uh, they're pretty much only for Pride. Um, and with Sterk and Cascade Bear with Buys, we only had to go over two matchups this week, and they're both the playoff ones. Um, I think we'll, there'll be some proposals that'll make the Constellation Championship matter in some way going forward next year. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. It'll be fun. That's all we got for this episode. We will come back next week with our final four matchups. See you then.